first reading is on page 1021 of the Church Bible. It comes from John chapter 13. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Second reading on page 1023 is from John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Dan. So I invite Chris up now to share his reflections on that passage. Let's pray for Chris as he comes to speak to us. Father, we God, we thank you for, for Chris and for his life and his ministry and um, for the work that you um, have done in his life. God, we thank you for um, what you've shared with him to share with us this morning. We pray that you would open our minds and our hearts to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. It's good to be with you today, um, particularly on this Easter Sunday. Christ is risen. <laughs> Some of you said that as though you might almost believe it. So, Christ is risen. Amen. Amen. Right. Um, I've got a friend who, uh, who's a Baptist superintendent. That means he's, he's a bit like a Baptist. He's a bit like a bishop, but without the clothes or the power or the authority. Um, uh, and I invited him to come and preach at my church quite a while back now. And the only time I'd ever seen him, he was wearing a hoodie and jeans. So I thought it would be a nice shock for the church if he came to dress like that. And when he came, he was wearing a suit and a tie. And so after the service, I said to him, what's with the suit and the tie? And he said, well, I've never got in trouble for wearing a tie. So I've worn a tie this morning. And, uh, and just to show um, my research, I looked up on the internet, what's the correct liturgical color for Easter Sunday morning? And it's yellow or gold, so there we go. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> Pardon, sorry? All right, yes. Right, <laughs> thank you very much, Ian, yes. Uh, I want to look at the, the two passages that, uh, that were read together where Jesus talks to his disciples about love. Uh, will you just uh, 
Pray with me. Father, we thank you for these two occasions when Jesus commanded his disciples to love one another. We pray that you will teach us this morning what that means and how then we should live in the expectation of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Love one another, Jesus said, and it's not an option, it's a command. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And that's not too difficult to do, is it? After all, we're, you know, we're all here in church, and we're, there's not a great many of us, so I'm sure we can manage to love one another with the love that Jesus has for us. Because that's at the core of who we are, that Jesus loves us and gave himself for us. And that's what we celebrate at Easter time, the sacrifice of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. It gets a bit more difficult when we uh, ask to have to love people who we don't like. Um, but Jesus asks us to love one another. Not asks, commands. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. But then he gets a bit specific, and this is where it gets more difficult. Love one another as I have loved you. I'm going to make a bold statement. Jesus never did anything that wasn't in our best interests. Say it again. Jesus never did anything that wasn't in our best interests. That's why he subjected himself to the will of the Father. That's why he accepted the punishment of the cross. That's why he gave up his life. That's why God raised him again from the dead. Because it was in our best interest for death and sin and hell had to be conquered. And this was the only way to conquer those things. So everything that he did was for our benefit, that we might know the Father and rejoice in the Son through God the Holy Spirit. But Jesus goes on in the second passage in John. He moves a little bit deeper into this expression and understanding of love. He says, greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for his friends. The ultimate sacrifice of love, not to value your own life above the lives of your friends. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And again, Jesus uses these words in the context of the command, love one another. Put yourself second 
in your relationships with your friends. Show them how much they mean to you, how much they matter to you, how much you love them by doing what they require, not what you want. And Jesus is the ultimate example of that sacrifice. As he hung upon the tree, as his blood poured from wounds in head and hands and feet and side, and ran down that rough-hewn cross and touched the earth with glory, He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. We who seek to obey are Jesus' friends. And he laid down his life for us. That we might know the fullness of life. That we might know life in all its glory because we know life in fellowship and family with God our Father and Creator. Can we live our lives in a way that puts the best interests of others before our own self-interest? These are really tough words. It is a real challenge to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It isn't a walk through the Elysian fields. It's a, it's a steep and narrow path that we begin when we come to the cross of Christ. Have any of you um, been watching the program Pilgrimage on, on BBC Two? Yes, I've been watching it. It's very interesting, the interaction of the people on it. I was a bit sad, um, the, the penultimate edition. It was only three, three programs. Um, Debbie McGee, who's uh, Paul Daniels' uh, widow, uh, she said she, in the first one that she, she had faith, but then when she got married to Paul, he didn't have faith, and she he talked her out of it. That was essentially what she said. And then in the second one, I don't know whether she was feeling angry at what was happening or the circumstances, but she said, I know lots of people who regularly go to church and they are the most awful people imaginable. How can that be? How can that be if we are called to obey the command of Jesus to love one another? I know we make excuses and we say we're flawed human beings. And Kate Botley, who's the, the, the token Christian on the pilgrimage, she's uh, struggling to... Uh, to, to express her faith quite often to these people who uh, are very, very open in their questions and uh, their challenges. Um, she was trying to defend the church, um, defend her patch by saying that the church wasn't for uh, goody-goodies, but for sinners who need salvation. And that's so true. The church isn't a hotel for saints. It's a hospital for sinners 
But I, I want to say that that's not my experience of the church. I don't find the church to be full of awful people. I find the church, in my experience, in the churches that I've visited, to be a place where people are really seeking to obey God, really seeking to love one another, really seeking to express the joy of salvation to those who they meet. I can, I can take you to a church, a small church, where the largest group in that church are recovering addicts. And the other people in the church have welcomed them. Oh, there's been a few problems. You can understand. If somebody comes into church and they don't understand the, you know, the, the, the politics of church or the, the workings of church, um, the guys, when you have refreshments afterwards, the guys will go and take a handful of biscuits because that's what they do. Uh, and we're, you know, we're much too polite for that, aren't we? So sometimes we'll decline the biscuits because somebody else might want them or... Um, sometimes, most times, we'll just take one. But the guys there, they don't know that. And, you know, there has been a few problems with no biscuits left when the vicar comes for his cup of tea. Uh, but by and large, the people have accepted them and extended the love of Christ to them. And what's the reaction to that? These men, and they are all men, these men are finding Christ in the lives of the people in that church. I can take you to another church. It's got 12 members, this church. 12 members, not one of whom works. They're all either retired people or they're on invalidity benefits of one kind or another. And they're on a vast council estate on the outskirts of Manchester. And they run a food bank. And they run it so well that over the last two years they've given out, I think it's 1,700 food parcels to the people on the estate. And they do, do such a good job that the local council has come to them and said, that the people in the next village want to start a food bank. Can you tell them how to do it? Now, these are 12 people with no qualifications. Well, actually, two of them have taken qualifications. They've taken G, G, GNVQs in, uh, in food management and in small business management. Two of the ladies have done that. 12 people. Why? because the love of Christ is in them and they want to show that love and they see the need on their estate. They are the biggest provider of food on their estate. And when you consider that there's a huge Tesco just on the fringe of it that supports them, you can see what a job they're doing. This is, this is what I find in the church. This is what encourages me. This is the spirit of the risen Lord Jesus Christ in a church. 
where people can see the love and grace of God in action. It's where the risen Christ is present with his people in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's where needy sinners can find salvation, where the power of death and hell are defeated in the daily lives of the saints. And you are saints. You know that? I was talking to a Roman Catholic colleague. I used to be a chaplain in a hospital. And we were in a, 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 a chaplain's meeting with our line manager. And the line manager said, do, do we need anything for the chapel? And um, the Roman Catholic, my Roman Catholic colleague said, yeah, we, need, we could do with a, a, a book of Catholic saints for the chapel. So I looked at him and I said, am I in it? <laughs> I said, because it's not complete if I'm not in it. <laughs> And that's the truth, because we're all saints. We're all part of this wonderful family of God who has extended to us every grace. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus says this, Here is love. No, John says this, sorry, of Jesus. Here is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. And the local church, wherever it is, however big or small, is a sign of that hope to the community it serves. There is a way to be in relationship with God our Father and that way of reconciliation is evident in the relationship built by the people of God. Relationships of love, relationships that put other people first, relationships that are possible because we are changed from the inside out by the sacrifice of Christ. Relationships filled with light and love because we live in the reality of the resurrection. You see, Good Friday isn't the end of the story. Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. I, I've got a friend, uh, well, I had a friend, she's passed away now. She was a missionary in Spain and... Um, we, we went to visit her uh, on a few occasions. We used to support her quite, quite regularly. And she took us from Madrid one time to Toledo. To, uh, she worked in Madrid. And we went to Toledo with her. And we were going around the, the streets of Toledo and she was showing us the, the big sort of um, Catholic churches and all the saints and the icons and what have you. And, and um, she was saying that in Spain... They make such a, a production of Good Friday. You know, they walk through the streets with the cross. Some, some men will flagellate themselves. And they, you know, they, is the, the Good Friday, the, the actual sacrifice of Christ, is a huge thing in Spain. So I said, well, what did he do on Easter Sunday? She said, very little. They'll go and have a meal with their family, and that's about it. 
But we acknowledge the death of Christ because without it we don't have salvation. But we live in the spirit of the resurrection because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And our relationships have a connected and eternal future because we know, Ian's already reminded me, that Jesus Christ will come again. And we'll remember that. And celebrate that when we share communion. Paul says about communion, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us then, as followers of Jesus Christ, resolve to walk in the light to demonstrate love and grace, to be the people God wants us to be here in Camborne. For the love of God is in us. Christ is risen. Amen.